Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. For the zone to be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at johnstonshomecenter.com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with Bubba Carpenter. Well, this morning I stumbled out of bed, fell on my face, but... The good news is, by the time I got my first cup of coffee and got settled in, I had solved all the world's problems. That's kind of the way Razorback Baseball went this weekend, guys. Not the best Friday, but made the most of the games over the weekend. And Bubba Carpenter here to recap it all for us. Bubba, welcome. How are you? What's up, fellas? They say it's not where you start, it's where you finish. So I, I guess we're finishing it up really good on the weekend, so maybe that's uh, that's that's a bright spot for us. Yes. Well, the greedy want the sweep. I am willing to live with two out of three for the better part of the year, and until the World Series, that'll be just dandy, I would think. Yeah, I'm like you. I want the sweep, especially against some of these teams that, that have been coming in. But, uh, you know, we're, we're still figuring it out, guys. It's uh, it's a work in progress, and uh, they're still trying to, to find the right pieces. And so... I guess if we win the series, then it's, it's it's still a good thing. Well, let's talk about positives first. Uh, even though it was in a loss, Arkansas lost seven three in the opener uh, on Friday, but Austin Ledbetter getting a lot of praise, and I know he was really excited to be up there. I bumped into his dad not too long ago, and he was talking about how excited they were. They weren't sure how much he'd get to pitch, but they were really excited about getting up there and being part of the team and hoping to get some opportunities and made the most of it on Friday. Hey. He looks awesome. Boy, he stepped on the mound. He did not look like a freshman. Two and two-thirds inning. He had five Ks. Didn't give up any hits. Um, you know, he looked he looked really good. He looked in control. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the mound for a start and possibly this, you know, this weekend, maybe mm. on uh, maybe on Thursday. Sure. Um, I don't know. That's just me speculating. But I think he's earned a, earned a shot at it. So hopefully they'll give him a shot. But he really did look good. And, you know, he's not a guy that stays, you know, y'all know his background, football, you know, quarterback on the football team, used to the big stage. So he's not going to be phased by a start in the, on a, on a, even when you get to SEC play. I don't know if he'll start in the SEC games, but a midweek start's not going to bother him at all. So, Connor, our guy who we get on every Thursday, had it kind of rolling along. What changed for him in the, uh, in the game? And then obviously Ramage had his issues too. Well, you know, Connor was doing great. You know, he had he was up to ninety pitches. Uh, his his, his two seamer was starting to get up belt high a little bit, and they hit a couple balls hard off of him. So they went to the bullpen. But you know, Connor really looked for the for the most part, he looked good. Got a lot of ground balls. Um, did what Connor Nolan usually does. You know, what I like about it is he didn't walk anybody. And you know, I know we're supposed to be talking about the positives right here, but man, that team, you know. It was a little frustrating when Cole Ramage came in. You know, we ended up hitting five of their batters, and we walked four of them. And we gave up seven runs in the sixth inning. I'm sure you guys know that stat. Um, but, you know, these guys, there's, they've got five guys in the lineup hitting under 200. I don't think we need to pitch them inside. I say you throw it right down the middle and say, here it comes, let them <laughs> hit it. You know, we don't need to be too fine. Now, if you're facing an SEC hitter, you better bury that thing on the inside corner. But, look, these guys, a few of them, their swings 
their their swings didn't match up to the stuff of the Razorback pitchers. So you throw it over the plate, you're going to get out. And so I think for me, and and look, I'm a glass half full guy, but you know, I I, I still got to call it like I see it. And I think we were trying to be too fine when we didn't need to be. You know, throw it over the plate, let them hit it. Good grief, we walked one guy he was hitting 050. We walked him on four straight pitches. Um, and that's, you that know, bad? I, I don't know. That's frustrating. And you know, maybe that's a situation where they're just trying too hard to throw a strike. Um, but I, I don't know. That was, that, that was, that was a rough inning to watch. Uh, but, but like you said, there were, there were still a lot of bright spots in the game. And uh, we, we, we can go back to talking about those if you want. Sure. <laughs> I like that. I, I just wanted to ask you about Ranage because he came out and started the year. He, he looked different to me. And then we've already had, you know, the negative uh, response here on the show that it was the old Ramage, and that's what they expect to see from here on out. What did you see from Ramage in this outing that was different from his previous outings? Well, look, Cole still got good stuff. He came in, he threw two really good curveballs. He's facing their four-hole hitter. Um, first base is open. Uh, he threw two really good curveballs, counts one and one. He, he took one, swung at one. And he throws the fastball down the middle of the plate, and the guy hits it to right field. And then the next batter ended up with a full count, and he ended up walking him on a full count pitch. And then the next guy is one of the guys hitting one-something. You were getting down. Once you get to that sixth hole, you know, their averages are 167, 056, 138, 167. You know, that's where you got to make hay down there. And he walked the next guy, and uh, David's seen enough. But, you know, when he came back in, on Saturday in that second game Saturday, he looked good again. So, look, it happens. You know, you're you're gonna have you're, you're gonna have days like that. You know, he only got to face three batters, so it's it's not just guys falling. He still got really good stuff. He's a veteran guy. I was glad that he got to get back out there on Saturday and, and get the job done for us on Saturday. Hagen Smith had a nice bounce back performance. Oh, Hagen looks great. And I don't know. You guys are out messing around doing over what you guys do. I don't even know. But uh, you don't y'all probably know. didn't listen to the. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal in eight countries. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't listen to the pregame and all that. But uh, you know, I said in the pregame, I said, "Look, all Hagen's got to do is go out, and throw the ball over the plate, because these guys can't hit it." I mean, because once again, you read. Bubba, I'm, I'm starting I'm to think you're very dismissive stuff. of Southeastern here. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I just know Hagen stuff, yeah. and and I, you know, and I kind of know baseball swings a little bit. And you know, he's better than they are. He really is. His stuff is is really good, and that's what he did. Well, he went out and pounded that strike zone. He got him to chase a lot of high fastballs at the top of the zone. They couldn't catch up with it. Uh, their four hole hitter. He made one bad pitch to a four hole hitter. He was trying to elevate a fastball left it belt high and the guy hit it over the fence. Either that or he'd have had a shutout because he was in control for you know his whole time out there. Um, he looked really good. He really did. He was back. Uh, and the, the longer he stayed out there, boy, he had his slider working. He threw some nasty change-ups. And that's been the pitch that, that's really his best pitch that he hasn't been – he really hasn't had that pitch. So the fact that he had that change-up, it finally got going. That's a good sign that all three pitches started to work for him. Who looked the most impressive to you, Wiggins, Hagen, or Connor during his first what five innings? Uh, you know, I think I think Hagen did. Of course, Wiggins was in control too. Wiggins Wiggins had his fastball going first few innings, and they had a hard time with it. He was spotting it in and out, 
and then he got his slider going. Once he got his slider and his changeup going, you know the guys they you know they just weren't hitting anything hard against him. So I would say I would say those two guys probably just because their stuff matched up really well against this the swing. Now Connor Connor looked good. He made some really good pitches, but when the difference with Connor is, you know, he can't afford a mistake. Um, if he gets a three-one pitch up in the zone, they're going to hit it hard. Where Jackson Wiggins was behind the four-hole hitter, three-one, threw him a meatball right down the middle, and he popped it up to first. Um, you know, so I mean, that's kind of the difference. You know, when when you're Jackson Wiggins, you can't hang a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball. <laughs> so you know, you can get away with it. Where Connor needs to keep that sinker down. That's the only difference. But look, Connor Connor's looked great. He really has. Um, I really do love that cutter, and they took some ugly swings on Connor Nolan's cutter. So he had that pitch working, and look, the starting pitch has been great. When's the last time we could say going in we had three starters go 90-plus pitches? I mean, that I can't remember the last time that happened. No, when you look at it, I mean, you get six and a third, seven innings, and, and five and a third uh, on the, for the, the three starters. I mean, there were times last year you're begging for just a, a seven innings. So it's completely right. different this year with the starting pitching in my eyes. Oh, I think so. Now, I will say one thing that worries me is, you know, in that first game on Saturday when uh, Hagen came out, Zeb came in and threw an inning, but then, you know, we closed that game with Brady Tiger, who's a freshman, and that's his second outing, and it's a 4-2 ball game. Um, the fact that we brought a freshman in to close that game says a lot about the back end of that bullpen. There, there's not a whole lot of confidence down there with the veteran guys. And, you know, that can still change. I mean, we still have – we still got – you know, we have four or five games till SEC play starts. So, you know, there's still some answers, questions to be answered down there, I guess you can say. But, you know, Brady looked great, but do we want a freshman down there closing out games? I just don't know if that's, that's the right way to roll into SEC play. All right, let's go to hitting. Uh, uh, you know, they ended it – they ended it well. Is that maybe the spark? You know, it could be. It really could. As the weekend went on, the, the bats got better. They really did. Uh, Friday was Friday was a little bit frustrating. I, I tell you what, I I very rarely leave the booth frustrated. I left frustrated on Friday because of the pitching and the hitting. You know, we had a scouting report on that guy. You know, we knew we knew how he was going to attack the hitters, and that's exactly what he did. And and our hitters didn't adjust. Now. Tip your hat to the guy. He made some good pitches. I mean, you you got to give him credit. At some point, you give the, the pitcher credit. But we, I don't feel like we adjusted. But I tell you what, rolling into Saturday, we were different. We were a different team. We squared up some balls, um, had a lot of loud outs. You know, we had a lot of balls hard that they caught. Um, and then, you know, that second game on, on, on Saturday, I mean, we just unloaded on them. It's good to see guys like Jace Forfin. He pulled a couple balls to the right center gap in Friday's game. Uh, which was another bright spot. But then the thing I like about him, Michael Turner, guys like that is they're hitting the ball hard to all fields. Michael Turner had a couple of line drives to left center, hit a couple of home runs over the right field fence. He's taking what they're giving it. And uh, to see Jace Borfin come in there, guys, he hit some balls really hard. The right fielder misjudged two of those balls uh, Friday. They were just hit through the wind. Everything that we hit was getting knocked down by the wind. And, uh, not Jace Forfin's ball. They went right through the wind. The right fielder kind of made a banana route to the mm. ball, misjudged both of them, and they went over his head. So there were a lot of bright spots with the offense. 
Talking to Bubba Carpenter on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It is all brought to you by Johnston's Home Center down in Benton. I'm not going to lie. I had to look up what UIC was. I did not know. I didn't know if it was the University of Incarnate Corinthians or I don't know what it was. But it's Illinois, Chicago, so nothing too weird. Uh, starting on Thursday, as Bubba referenced, Arkansas will be playing them four games set this weekend. So going to have to win three to get a sweep this weekend. Can you tell us anything about, I think they're the Flames. Can you tell us anything about Illinois, Chicago? Yeah, they're in the Horizon League. Uh, I do know they went out and uh, they beat California two out of three. California, you, you guys, it's, it's in Pac-12. I'm sure you all know that. Uh-huh. Um, really nice stadium. Uh, Curtis Granderson donated $5 million to them. Kind of got their program on the on the map. Kind of got them noticed a little bit. They built a brand-new stadium downtown Chicago. Now, they, they call it the best batter's eye in all of college baseball. Um, you guys can Google that and see if that pops up, but – uh, they call it the best batter's eye, and it's it's the downtown Chicago is in the background, which I can think of a whole lot of better backgrounds I'd rather see than downtown Chicago. But that's just me. I grew up in Northwest Arkansas, so you know what can I say? But hey, they're they're a pretty good team though. They got a couple of veteran guys. They've won, like a lot of these other teams. They've got some transport uh, transfer portal guys that have come in. Uh, they got a really good lefty that's a Friday night starter. That that's uh, he's the one that beat Cal. Um, so they're not going to be a pushover. I mean, no one is anymore with the transfer portal, the court, the COVID seniors, uh, these six-year guys. I mean, there's there's no chumps coming into town. But, you know, on paper, yeah, we should take care of them. But uh, they've got a couple guys that can swing it a little bit, and they got some good arms. And so, you know, it's not going to be easy for us. So when we come back on Monday next week, are you going to be saying, I just wanted to throw it over the plate. I mean, these guys can't hit it. I mean, you know, I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> Well, okay, come on, Wes. I didn't say they couldn't hit it. I said their swings didn't match up to Hagen Smith's stuff. Okay. Uh, Does Illinois Chicago have said. guys that can match up to Hagen Smith's stuff, Bubba? You know, I haven't seen their swings yet. Now, if you go off their stats, yeah, they've got some guys that can swing it a little bit. So I think it's going to be a different, a different story. But, look, you know, it's early on, and, you know, we've got a couple guys hitting under 100. But their swings are good. They're just – either having bad luck or having bad at bat. There's a difference in the two. And I don't want it to sound like I don't want to start getting, of course, no one from southeastern Louisiana is listening to this, so I guess it really matters. What it, I don't I don't want some disgruntled mom contacting no. me saying, well, you said my kid could hit it. But, uh, yeah, you just, I look at the swings. I don't look at the stats as much as I do the swings. And, you know, they had some tired swings. They had some slow bats, and they can't catch up to Hagen Smith throwing three quarter arm slot ninety six at the top of the zone. It just doesn't work. Well, and and that was the case. There are plenty of guys who can't catch up to Hagen Smith throwing ninety six. So that's okay. Um, sure. Okay, well, it should be fun Thursday through Sunday. And I haven't really looked at the forecast. I don't know if we'll have any shift in that. But um, yeah, know. it looks bad. It, it looks bad on Saturday. I was trying to find out because I figured you, usually you guys ask me that question. So I was on it this morning. I was at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. I texted a couple people down there to see if they'd already changed Friday's game, possibly wow. doing two on Thursday, and they, they haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. But We would love man, that. Friday looks really bad. We have a Friday very looks high 31. We've got a very crowded schedule here at the Buzz over the weekend, so we are all for cramming games in on <laughs> Thursday as much as they can. Or even on Sunday would be great, too. But, uh, yeah, it looks like 80% chance of precipitation, and it goes from a high of 61 on Thursday to a high of 38 on Friday. That sounds terrible. Not exactly baseball weather. So uh, the good news is it'll be nice and toasty up in the booth. Now, when Phil tries to snuggle up next to you because he's cold, just keep him away. 
Got to keep an arm oh, length. Smack him away for sure. <laughs> hey, it was good to have Phil back in the booth that that last game on Saturday, though. It's just a different energy when Phil's up there. Nick Batters did a really good job filling in, but look, Phil's the man, and uh, you know we we have good relationships. So I think that brought some some extra mojo to the booth, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, I'll uh, I'll have my people get with your people. We'll see okay. if we get those two games on Thursday for you guys. All right, that'd be great. Now, do you know? Um, is it looking like uh, Phil is? I guess Phil will go with the women, right, for the tournament game. Yes. Okay, so you'll be without Phil yeah, at some point again, but yeah, we don't know what days yet, so okay. we'll we'll find that out soon, I guess. Good so, deal. Uh, well, that's a good yeah, problem. We'll now. be without him at some point, possibly. Yeah. I guess, Kentucky. Possibly Kentucky weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Bubba, thank you for the time. Appreciate Johnston's Home Center and Benton very much for sponsoring the segment. Always a good time. And before we let you go, a couple of things here. Today is National Cereal Day. You a cereal guy? You know, I am. I, sometimes. I, I kind of go back and forth on it. Okay, if you're on it, you're on a Frosted Flakes guy. Frosted Flakes, okay. Flakes and, uh, and I like Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Believe it or not. Yeah. Okay. Hey, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they taste great. They have a weird texture to me. And, uh... I don't know. It's a strange one. I like all the bad cereal, though, like the stuff that nobody else eats. I like grape nuts. I like shredded wheat. All the stuff that Bill's people are like, no, dude. Raisin Bran. I like Raisin Bran a lot. That's, mm. a, that's a jam now. When I was a kid, Bubba, my mother would not let me have sugared cereals, but she would let me put as much sugar on it as I wanted to. So I could put like a pound of sugar on my cornflakes, for example. But she's like, <laughs> we're not buying sugared cereal. Okay, Mom. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> So that was one she never really figured out. Uh, the other thing was how many – today is uh, – why were we talking about vacations? I can't remember why I asked that. It was – I don't know. You sent it to me. Sorry. Oh, it was about like average number of vacations people take a year. What's the, what's the average number for the Carpenter family? How many vacations do you take? We can't count baseball trips. Actual family you know, vacations. We're lucky because of baseball and my showcase schedule during the summer and everything. We're lucky if we get one. My poor wife uh, – <laughs> But we'll usually go to uh, Fort Wall. We'll go to uh, Alabama, to mm-hmm. Orange Beach in Alabama. Yep, that's so my go-to. We we sneak away there. I love it because it's not crowded. Yes. It's, uh, we go late in the year where it's not crowded. Um, so we have a good time. But usually once. I figure big guys, big dogs like you guys probably get four or five, maybe ten a year. Yes. I quote Jim Rome a lot in this regard, Bubba. I take a lot of vacation because I get a lot of vacation. <laughs> and we also, like six months a year, we're at work every day for six months straight. So, yeah, in the summertime, we're basically goofing off. So it's good. Yeah. It's about that well, time. Well, you earn it. You guys do a good job. Thank you. You're sweet to say so. We'll be tuned in this week, starting Thursday again. Appreciate the time today. We'll catch you next Monday. Sounds good, fellas. Go on. All right. Bubba Carpenter, great stuff always.